So my point of today's message, let me just be frank, is to is to let you know who you are. Can y'all hear me? I'm not sure if I'm loud enough. Am I loud enough? Uh, am I? Okay, yes, yes, Mr. Willow. Yeah, okay. Um, my point of my sermon today is to let you know better who you are in Christ. Okay, so, I, so when you leave here, when you walk out these doors, my goal is that you will know who you are better than you already do. And so to do that, I may... Um, I may step on some people's toes, and so that's okay too. And maybe even that's not well said. Maybe it's more like I'm going to say things that may make you like take your breath away. It may shock you a little bit, like where is he going with this? And so when that moment comes, just hang on to your seat and just 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 give me a chance, and I'll finish where I'm going, and maybe we'll get to where we're going together. And um, so that's kind of where we're headed today. Well, let's say a quick prayer and then we'll start. God, thank you for letting us just be here. Once again, God, I just pray that you would give me the words, that you give me the wisdom so that I can deliver this to the best of my ability. We pray for everyone who's just listening. We pray that you just silence our minds, God, so that we could um, come into this, 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 this next time of just worship um, throughout the rest of this service, God. So we love you so much. Help us love you more because we always can and we can grow in that. And love is the end-all, be-all, and is the irreducible minimum of how we relate to you and to others. And so if we can grow in that, God, I think we have a good chance of being the person you desire us to be. And so in your name I pray, amen and amen. So I am excited today specifically because my favorite golfer in the whole wide world, Mr. Nett, is in the Masters Tournament, and he is only a few shots back in the Masters Tournament. If you know anything about golf, you know the Masters is this week, and you even alluded to it right there in the song, so that was amazing. But Jordan Spieth is a couple of shots back, and he is my favorite golfer. Therefore, I wore my golfing shirt, Jordan Spieth, and my golfing pants, and uh, my golfing shoes. They actually are my golfing shoes. And not only that, but check this out. Well, bam. Okay. Um, I'm excited. So let's keep praying for Jordan Speed. But the reason I like him is because a couple of years ago, he, was, he won the Masters in 2015. He won it. He was the youngest player to win it at age 21. And he also won it by the largest margin. And he tied the lowest score ever shot at the Masters, tying none other than Tiger Woods. I love Jordan Spieth, and I have for a long time, but two years later, after that Masters win, he had already won two more majors, making his total up to three, but he went into the back nine of a Sunday morning with a two-shot lead, Jordan Spieth did, and he went into this one hole, it's a par three, and has a little bitty creek right in front of it, and the hole, that the, 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 the multitude of holes that he was going into is called Amen's Corner. Have you ever heard of it? Can I get an amen? Okay, that was a preacher joke, and you fell for it, so, you know, that's on you. So he went into Amen's corner with a little with a little lead, but he hit one and it rolled up off the green and rolled back down into the creek. And now he was tied for the lead. And so he re-tees and he swings it again and he hits something that I'm not gonna say what he hit, but it starts with an S and rhymes with Frank. But I cannot say it because I'm a golfer and it's a sin. 
shank. He hit a shank, and it was just bad, and it was in the water. And he ended up losing that golf tournament, and it was a very big uh, disappointment for him. And up until that time, he was very successful. But right after that moment, everything changed in Jordan Spieth's golf game. He started because of that. He started to go and make, try to make his swing change where he could be better under pressure. So he wanted to get to a better, higher point up here. So when, he swings, so when he would swing the golf club under pressure, he would hold up better and hit the ball pure. And making that swing caused a lot of other changes in his golf game to where he would start missing cuts. And for the next three years, he did not win. In fact, for the last three years, Years, Jordan Spieth has not won one golf tournament up until last week, and he won the Valera Texas Open. And they asked him after the after the tournament. He said, "What changed?" Jokingly, I texted my father in February of this year. I said, "2021 is going to be the year of speed." I just I'm calling it and I'm feeling it. And they asked Jordan Spieth what changed, and his response amazed me. He said, "Do you remember back to a couple of years ago when I had the lead?" at the Masters, and I hit two in the water. And the announcer said, yeah, absolutely, everybody does. He said, that changed me mentally. I started defining myself by that moment. See, what I started to do is I started to become more of a mechanical golfer, and I am not a mechanical golfer. I am an artistic golfer, but I'm not 100% artistic, nor am I 100% mechanical. I am somewhere in the middle, and for the last three years, I've been trying to become this mechanical where uh, pinpoint accuracy golfer, and I am not that. So I think I'm just trying to read his words, read the Discover my identity. And it's true in golf, but it's much more true in our Christian life is that we have to know who we are. We must know our identity. And so the next sentence that I'm going to say is going to be the one to take your breath away. So hold on and get ready. So here we go. I don't think, speaking of our identity, I do not think, I think this is a lie, I do not think that we are just sinners saved by grace, okay? I do not think we are just sinners with an afterthought saved by grace. I think some people in our church, um, like in our church as a whole, like, like America's church, we often say, we'll say, you are just a sinner saved by grace. And sometimes we as people can even say, well, we are just a sinner. And then maybe a little afterthought, saved by grace. And I think that could be a lie. And, um, and, and I know you're like, uneasy now. Okay, you're becoming a heretic before all our eyes. Just take a big breath and hang on with me. And let me, see, let me show you where I'm going. My, my, my counter to that is I think we're a lot more than a sinner. I think that we are blameless before God. We are blameless before God. I did not say perfect, nor did I say sinless, but I did say that we are blameless before God. And I don't think that we are sinners. I believe that we are saints. And so let me see if I can prove that to you in a couple of minutes. And you don't have to agree with me, but if you could just give me a hearing, and maybe at, by the end of it, you will see who, you will better see who you are in Christ. But let me go here. Now, in Paul, he wrote a lot of books in the Bible, and a lot of the books that he wrote, he actually wrote in prison. They're known as the prison epistles, all right? And he would write 
in his chains and he would sit there and write. He would write books like to the church of Ephesians or to the church of Colossae, Colossians, and so on and so forth. He would write. He actually wrote six books that are in our New Testament in prison. And one of those books that he wrote was called Ephesians. And in Ephesians, the first three chapters of the book say this. It says, this is who you are. So Paul writing says, spends three chapters in saying, this is who you are. This is how you relate to God. This is how you're made right by God. This is how God sees you. This is who you are in Christ. He spends three chapters doing that. And then at chapter four, from four through six in Ephesians, he says, okay, now that I told you who you are, this is what you should do. So first, first three, who you are. Second three, last three, this is how you should act. This is what you should do. And he opens his book in Ephesians by saying this. Are you ready? He says, to, if you have the NLT, it will say this, to the holy ones. But some of you have the NIV, and it says, dearly beloved, to the dearly beloved. But if you have the KJV, I love how it says it too. It says, this is a book to the saints. And he starts all of his books, all of his prison epistles saying the exact same thing. To the saints, to the dearly beloved, to the holy ones. And he sets up, this is who you are. You are right with God. And then he comes over here and he says, okay, stop sinning. Stop being sexually immoral. Stop gossiping. Stop uh, uh, stop being idolaters. He says, stop doing all these things. But he opens his book by saying to the saints. And I believe that he does that because even though you sin, it does not make you a sinner. When you have a relationship with Christ, you become a saint. So you can be a saint who sins, but it doesn't make you a sinner. And you can be a sinner who does something good, but it doesn't make you a saint. When you become a saint, that is God has found you and called you his child. And that is what you are. And I say this, I say this because sometimes I think we can cop out of our spiritual lives with the phrase, well, I'm just a sinner, so what do you expect me to do? I'm just a sinner, so I'm going to, and I'm saved by grace, so that grace will cover us. And I think that can be a cop-out in our minds or maybe a replay in our minds. But if you understand fully who you are, that you are a saint and a child of God, hopefully that will elevate you to pursue the way out of temptation. That will give you the boldness and the courage to overcome what is in your life. And that is my if you want to say a meta narrative of this sermon, all right, that is what I want to deliver to you. And so before you lose me, before I lose you, let me say that differently. I grew up in church and church people, um, I loved growing up in church. I was a drug baby, meaning that I was drugged into the church and they would always, and I would always quote this one verse in the Bible, Romans 323. Do you know what it says? Do you know what it says? I'm not waiting for you to turn to it. Um, you can go ahead. It says, for 
all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. But does anybody know Romans 3, 24? In your Bible, you may have a period right there. And in your faith, you may have a period faith. But when Paul wrote this, he wrote Romans. When Paul wrote this, in the Greek, it doesn't have a period. It actually has a conjunction, which separate, which, uh, which pulls together these two thoughts, these two verses. And it reads like this. Yes, we are all sinners. And we have fallen short of lives that make much of God. Absolutely. But verse 24, comma, but God, mine actually says, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. Put it in better terms where maybe you can better understand this. Because of Jesus, He took our sin, nailed it to the cross, and because of that, we are freely justified, freely made right with God. And so hear me, we all are or were, hopefully were, sinners. But when Christ calls us out of the darkness into the light and rechanges us, puts his spirit in us, makes us a new, we move then from sinner to sainthood in my understanding of the Bible, okay? Saint is not somebody that we put up on a pedestal. Saint simply just means it is somebody who puts their trust, hope, faith in Jesus Christ. It is somebody who is a child of God, all right? Now, um, let, me, let, let, me, let me say this. Um, we just made this about four weeks ago, and it took me a while to make it. I, I thought at the beginning that it really looked good. I still think that it looks good, but if I took that paper off, you would be like, it's terrible. It's just chicken wire wrapped around a fence post. But we had it to symbolize a grave for Easter and that we could walk through this door, walk through this grave into new life. It was just a representation. But when I started making it, I thought, well, maybe I can make a little hidden message in in the uh, in the in the paper, and so I wrote a bunch of stuff on it. I have a picture, but it won't pull up today. But on the left side, I wrote Jesus. On the front, I wrote in. On the bottom, I wrote you. And then I put Watch Your Step in the very middle. And I had a couple of arrows and stars and the letter V. I mean, the word V all throughout. And I pretty much asked. Y'all, there's a hidden message in here somewhere. And if you can get it, I have a prize for you. And it's a pretty amazing prize. And I do have that prize with me this morning. But I have another little thing that I got to tell you. I didn't tell you this because I wanted to trick you. But here it is. There are actually two hidden messages in here. And so I want to see if you have the first one. If you can get the first one. Now let me say, the very first one, is it's hard. It's the hardest one that there is. And so if you get the first the hidden message, I will give you this present. But does anybody want to take a shot and say, say I know what the message is? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, I see a hand back here. What you got? What you got? Okay. 
That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. Think on it, and I'll come back to you. Anybody think that they know what it is? Um, anybody think? Man, y'all were so bold, like, this week. Like, hey, is this it? Is this it? But now, the pressure gets added. It's like, oh, okay. Let's put our hands down. Anybody? Last chance. Last chance. Okay. Let's see. Mr. Bill? Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in us. That is not correct, but good try. I really, I really like the, the boldness. Oh, I can. Oh, yeah. She was like, Bill, say this. If you don't say this, oh, I see that. Okay. All right. Um, somebody else. Somebody else. The first one now. This is the first, first, first. Anybody? Okay, here it is. All right, here it is. So, I, 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 over Jesus, I put two stars, and there's two stars over the word you, and each star represents a letter that is a word. So you is actually a letter and a word. So you, that's where we're going to start. It has two stars, you, and then I have one over R, the letter R. So you are, and then I have a, a, a star over A, you are A, and then step is underlined. So you are a step, and then N has a star over it. The letter N, so you are a step in, and then there's the V in the very middle, and it's written in red. So you are a step in the, and then there's two arrows, one going right, so you are a step in the right, and then another arrow going out the door. You are a step in the right direction. So that was the hint, that was the clue. But there's one more, okay, there's one more, and, um, and, and I'm, I know that a lot of you know this one, okay? I know a lot of you know this one. If, if you said it first, I'm not, I'm not going to say, but a lot of you do know this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to spin around. And then when I stop spinning, the first hand that I see up, I'll call on you. And then you can, then I, if you get it right, I'll come and I'll hand you the prize. And so here we go. Um, I'm just going to try not to throw up. All right. This is way harder than in golf shoes, by the way. Okay. If you keep talking, oh, I can, I, I'll be able to hear kind of where you are. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm just dead straight. So um, I am dead straight. Uh, did I see your hand? No, I did not. Okay. Hand, hands, uh, hand, hand. Okay. Nobody's hands up. All right. Uh, Yes. That was very good, very deep. It's not it, but I appreciate the... Good. I can leave after that. Yes. Okay, and I, I feel like woozy. Okay, Mr. Bill. No, that is... No, no, no. You know it. So, no, you, right? Yes, Mr. Teresa, you know it. So, yes, yes you know it. There it is. Yes. Okay. You got the second one. You, you, you didn't get the first one. Okay. So here we go. Okay. 
You, you, okay, I'll bring it to you. Do you want to, do you want to open it now? You can open it now if you would like. You're good. Okay, later. Okay, here we go. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff in here. Yes, good job. Um, so, okay, there we go. Is, is Jesus lives in you? That's the answer. And so if you're wondering how we get this, all you got to do is pick this up. And there's a hidden word right under there, and it's live. So put all the words together. Jesus lives in you. And so that was close enough, me and you. We're going to give it credit because uh, I wanted somebody to get it. Anyways, all right, good, good. By the way, excellent job. I know you're nervous. Good job, though. Thank you. Very good, very good. Let's go. Um, let, 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 if you would, just turn with me, if you would, to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. We're almost done. You're almost on your way home, eating wherever you're going to eat, and watching the Masters. If you're going to watch the Masters. Colossians 1, verse 26. Here's what it says. When you got it, say amen. All right, there we go. If you don't, say hold up a second. All right, that's what I like to hear. Colossians 1, 26. So here a few. Colossians in the New Testament, by the way. Um, that all I got. Paul wrote it. Alright. Verse 26, it says this. It says, This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And so here is the secret. And they're saying, this is a secret. Nobody knew this. David didn't know this. Samuel didn't know this. Joshua did not know this. Moses didn't know this. Nobody, none of them knew this. But Paul writing in his book to the church of Colossae says, I'm going to tell you the secret. Here it is. We finally figured it out. Are you ready? And here is the secret that Christ, Jesus, lives in you. This gives you the assurance of glory. Another translation, this is your hope of glory. So if you're wondering how you get from sinner to saint or how you become one of these Colossians people, one of these Ephesians people, one of these dearly beloved people, you do that when Jesus Christ, when Christ lives in you. And if you can understand this one verse, Mr. Donnie, come on right here. This is about to be powerful. Do you know how po- you know how powerful you will become? Do you know how amazing, how, what you can do in this world, what you can do in your life if you understand the power that Jesus Christ, the one seated beside God, the maker of the heavens and earth, the one who spoke everything into being, that same God, that same Savior who walked out of a borrowed tomb and said, I'll be back, Mr. Sammy. That same God is living inside you. You will become unstoppable. You think there's a sin that you cannot defeat? No, 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 no. Jesus Christ is living in 
you. You think there's a miracle that you can do? A prayer that won't come true? No, 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 no. Jesus Christ is living in you. You are somebody to be reckoned with if you have Christ living in you. It's not you, but it's Christ. But it's Christ in you. And many, many people hear me. Y'all want to give an amen for that? Y'all want to give a little hand clap for that? Yeah, that's cool, ain't it? That is amazing. Get this. Is that sometimes we can turn our theology around and we can say Jesus and me. We can say Jesus and me. We're going to go on a mission field. Jesus and me. Jesus and me are going to do evangelism. Jesus and me are going to defeat the sin. We make all these promises to God. God, I promise you that that whatever. If she's not pregnant, we're not sleeping together ever again. If, if I get this job, I promise you, God, I'll start tithing. And we have this theology of Jesus and, but we have to understand that it's not Jesus and. Wrong conjunction. No, it's just conjunction. We need a preposition there. We need Jesus in, and that is going to be your hope. That is your hope of glory, Jesus in. And so you may say, and you may be well right to say this, you may say, Drake, we are just sinners. And I would say, okay. I would say, you're right. But I would say, actually, it's much worse than that. We are somebody who is completely an enemy of God, hostile towards God, wanting nothing to do with God, alienated from God, having nothing but blasphemous thoughts about God, whom God saw in our sin, in the muck, in the mire, who gave and came and got us, rescued us from ourselves, from our sin, and called us his child. And so, yes, it was sinners, but it was actually way, way, way worse than that. But God, right? But God intervened into our situation. And because we have a giant cross and an empty tomb, we now have the confidence to go and live our lives and know that it is Jesus in us, that we are no longer defined by our past and we are no longer defined by our sin, but we are defined by who Jesus Christ calls us to be, and that is dearly beloved, holy one, saint. Jordan Peterson, I'm almost done, I'm wrapping up. Jordan Peterson was in an interview the other day. Jordan Peterson is the world-renowned psychologist. He is on the scale of, if you would have ever heard of any psychology majors in here would know, uh, Karl Marx, Sigmund Freud, someone of that nature. He's a brilliant man, but he is not a Christian. He is not a Christian, but he's not an atheist either. He's somewhere in between. This is what he says in all of his, all of his podcasts, all his books. He says, I don't claim that I believe in God, but I do act as if God existed. And so that's where he stands on the whole God spectrum. So he's not a Christian. And he's in, in, in this interview with another man sitting across from him, the interviewer. And he has his PhD too, a very bright man. He got his doctors, his PhD from Princeton. So both very brilliant men. And this, this, inter, this, this interviewer looked at Jordan and he says, Jordan, let me be honest with you. He says, I don't care if people are knowledgeable. I have no care if somebody is knowledgeable. I don't care what they know, how many degrees they have. I just don't care because knowledge only goes so far. I want somebody to be wise, and you cannot be wise without ethics. This is an 
This is somebody who does not believe in Jesus Christ saying this. You cannot be wise without ethics. And he's right. You cannot be wise without ethics. Because if you remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he says, he looks at Jordan. And he says, I've met so many people. I've met so many people, Jordan, who are smart, who may be even smarter or as smart as you. But I've never in all my life met anybody who is as good as you are. You are both wise, knowledgeable, and you are good. And because of that, it is an honor to be sitting here on the other side of you. And now the audience is all just standing, giving the standing ovation. And they turn back to look at Jordan Peterson. If you don't know who this dude is, he's, he, he, he is like the most popular mind today. Somewhere like Charles Darwin, I would say. And he sits here, and the camera turns on him, and he is weeping, just crying uncontrollably. And he gets up on the mic, and he says, in his crying voice, if you just understood how evil I was, you would never say what you just said. I am not good. I try, but I fail. I am nothing. And to my knowledge, I've understood how evil I can be. And here's what he says that shocked me. He says, in all of my studies, I've ever came across one man who was good. This is not a Christian who said this, but he said, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the same is true about us. We are not good either. No one does good. No, not even one. We are vile. We are evil too. We have evil thoughts and desires. But what God said is, I'm going to take the one who can't live the perfect life and take the one who can live the perfect life and put them inside the one who cannot live the perfect life so that the one who can live the perfect life can live the perfect life inside and out of the one who cannot live the perfect life. We are a new creation. And Jesus, his blameless Life has now been covered over us. So we are not sinless. But my point is this. I believe that we are blameless. Those of us who have a relationship with God. I do believe that. I do believe that. My point of the whole message today was that you would have a better understanding of who you were. I hope you do. I hope you walk out of this place with a better understanding of who Christ sees you and that would give you a steel, a confidence to defeat whatever else comes into your life. But I want to leave you with this. Whatever you need, whatever you need, I just want you to know that we will be here as a church and that I will be here as myself. I am a phone call away. I am a text message away. Call me if you never need anything, okay? If you ever want to come stop by my house, you can stop by any time, day or night. If you need something, I may phone. never hesitate to call or to stop by. I may be down here, but just if you need me, I'll be here, okay? Never hesitate to come find me or to ask. And so the same thing with Miss Cat. She is here for you guys. We are so grateful for, for, for you. I mean, we cannot express that enough. And we love you so much. But most of all, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the most important thing in this entire entire world. And finally, finally, I just want to say 
that I never thought, I never thought for a second that a church like you existed, but I was wrong. You guys are so, so amazing, but you can become more amazing. Understanding who you are, and I want to emphasize that, just to let you know how how good you guys and girls and women and men are. But you can always become better. And we do that through love. We do that through love. Let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for letting us be here today, God. We pray that you would just move, that you would speak, God, that we, as we leave this place, that, that, that these words would come true, not only on our Sundays, but on our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, and our Thursdays, God. We love you so much. And help us continue to grow in that love and our faith and our wisdom and our humility. God, in everything and in your name that we pray, amen and amen.